0: You ask for the call V-Dot and Friends Podcast. This is DJ V-Dot, a.k.a. your auntie's favorite DJ, a.k.a. your granny's favorite referral coordinator, a.k.a. the late night plumber. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at V-Dot underscore the underscore DJ. Snapchat is DJ V-Dot 757. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you do. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and also the Anchor app where I do this podcast for you each and every week. If you want to be part of the podcast, search. First, download the Anchor app in Google Play or, uh, or the App Store. Find the podcast. Once you find my name, you can actually leave messages for the show. So go ahead and download that Anchor app if that's another way you want to listen to podcasts. All right, so I know last week I said I was uh, cutting out a couple things out of my life. You know, the the nicotine, the alcohol. Um, I did go to see Collie Buds over the weekend. Shout out to Collie Buds. He put on a great show. Didn't know what I was uh, going to get, so I was definitely surprised, and, and I enjoyed myself. Um, unfortunately, uh, with the, the not doing of things, cigarettes happened real quick. Um, I think after the, pod, the podcast actually came out on Thursday, I smoked, I went and bought a pack of cigarettes on Thursday, and I smacked myself on the wrist for that. Shame on me. But things that I would get, like, little mad at, at work, I was getting big mad at at work. Like, I know there's one person in particular that preaches how to do things but never does the things the way that you're supposed to. But is quick to tell you when you're not doing something right. Now, normally, or back in the day, I would say, I hear some mess like that. I'd be like, all right, I'll hit the back dock up real quick. Puff me a new port and I'd be alright. This time I was like, man, I am ready to say everything bad under the world, under the sun. I don't have time to hear this. I'm I'm stressed out. I'm doing a lot of work. Um at work right now. I'm covering until we find a new person to fill a certain position so I can get back to my regular life there. So yeah, I went and bought a cigarette, uh bought a pack of cigarettes. We'll go back to, uh, I'll try again next week. I want st- to always start on a Monday because I feel like Mondays are the worst day in the world to go to work. Uh, alcohol, I had a few because um, the Kali Buzz concert was actually at a brewery. So, uh, New Realm, it's a new spot that we have here. It was, uh, used to be a brewery called Green Flash. Uh, I think it's on the West Coast. And... Um, they did, They ended up $20 million in the hole. So they had to go ahead and close the building down. But uh, this Atlanta company went ahead and bought it. They got some decent beers. I mean, they're pretty good. I had uh, a Citrus Pucker, and I believe it was called something, something Mola or, you know, with craft beers. They have all those, those wild names to try to make it stick out to make you remember it. Um, obviously I didn't because it was like eight point four percent alcohol. But um that was just Saturday. I had a few of those and really haven't actually have not had anything since. Um but you know how that goes. So this week uh gonna do a couple of things. First off, I'm gonna uh review Bash at the Beach two thousand, like I said. Man, uh, that was the time where you can kind of see it was it was a done for WCW, man. Uh, I don't know how I was able to actually watch this whole thing, but I did. Um, not gonna really review it hard body like I have been with uh, some of the past things I've uh, watched off of the uh, WWE random pay per view generator, but um, I'll definitely. Discuss like results and what I thought about matches and so on and so on. We'll talk about uh, some things that happened. I'm not in the WWE, actually, Impact. Impact had a lot of movement this weekend. They had their uh, Bound for Glory pay per view. I peeped a little bit of it. I caught some of it live and I caught, ran a little bit back um, the following day. I'm glad my man Willie Mack got off on uh, the opening match with Rich Homie Swan. It's always good to see those dudes uh, get that shine, get that exposure. The LAX match was fire. Uh, they took off. If you didn't see it, they took the the mat off of the ring, so it was just straight up wrestling on the boards. Like I don't know if you ever seen how a ring is is actually made. it's not really a whole bunch of padding. It's that board, that mat, and some steel and steel cables, sixteen by sixteen or twenty by twenty. Uh, I think WWE used the 20 by 20. Impact looked like they had the 16 by 16. Um, the pay-per-view was actually done. It looked like it was done in a bar, which is a cool concept. But you really can't get the production that is deserving of a pay-per-view, in my opinion, inside of that small place. You, can, you see even NXT TakeOvers, even though they're the smaller development of promotion and they do their weekly shows at full sale... When they got a big show popping off, they got all the lights out there. It's fifteen thousand people. It's a big arena now would impact been able to sell out a ten thousand seat arena or fifteen thousand seat arena for this show? We don't know, but um we'll def- i'll jump back into that after we do this here. bash at the beach two thousand uh first match was m i a versus the filthy animals uh Towards the end of WCW, you had a lot of the, the talent that's been there for a while, but wasn't the NWO, wasn't Hall, Nash, Hogan, Sting, Flair, you know the big names that WCW held. They had you still had Hugh Morris, yeah, Ming. um, Who else was there? Then Chavo Guerrero. You know, guys have been there since pretty much the beginning of the Monday Night Wars, but never really got their the chance. Uh, by this time, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn were making their way to WWE. Chris Jericho, Big Show also. Uh, but MIA, uh, Lieutenant Loco, was actually Chavo Guerrero, and he wrestled to Guerrero. And a good match, lasted about 12 minutes, back and forth. Um... Uh, It was for the cruiserweight championship that Juventude actually stole a week prior, before this match. So Chavo got his belt back with the win. Uh, Next match was Big Vito. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember Vito. uh, Once you know, once WCW folded, all the talent came over there. They used to have uh, Vito in a dress on SmackDown. That was one of those, and I think he did that for a hot little minute too. Wonder why they didn't say anything about that back on uh, this recent episode of SmackDown 1000. Hope y'all enjoyed it. It was cool. It was a wrestling show. It was more. It was more like a Monday Night Raw to me because they were trying to do all the extravagant, all the the extra instead of what the essence of SmackDown is. And let me know if you agree. It's 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 pure wrestling. But Big Vito went against Norman Smiley in a hardcore. Me- Oh, and Ralph is Chris Jericho's uh, personal security that was left behind. But uh, they had a two-on-one handicap hardcore match. Went a a strong five minutes. Uh, It ended up in the back. Norman Smiley got thrown into an elevator. And then he went after Ralphus and got the win. Big Vito, that is. Big Vito retained. Uh, Next, we had a wedding gown match between Daphne and Miss Hancock, who would later go on to the WWE and be Stacy Keebler. Uh, the story behind this, pretty funny story. You could definitely tell Vince Russo is in charge. Uh, David Flair, the nature boy Ric Flair's son, was in a relationship or whatever you want to call it with Daphne. Miss Hancock came around and said she wants David Flair. So she ended up doing... The- what all those shisty females be doing taking other girls' men? Y'all stay away. People, we don't cheat around here. Wrestling fans don't cheat. Hashtag wrestling fans don't cheat. <laughs> but Daphne and Miss Hancock went at um, did a little evening gown match. It lasted under five minutes. Uh, Daphne ended up actually winning the match because Miss Hancock decided to take the dress off herself and I guess forgot the whole idea of what the match was was the per- other person was supposed to end up without um their bottoms or their tops or however they were gonna this was a fluster cluck that's all i have to say about that total fluster cluck but um moving forward the tag team championship match was uh the perfect event sean stasiak uh he was also meat in the wwe and chuck palumbo uh, Chuck Palumbo, had a few roles in WWE. Uh, his most memorable was another sh- uh, SmackDown moment where him and Billy Gunn were going to get married. And Eric Bischoff ended up being the, the uh, I guess you would call him the priest or the guy um, doing the wedding. I can't think of that name at the moment. Um... But it, it was a it was a strong match. Chronic, uh, of course, was Brian Adams and Brian Clark. Brian Clark was Adam Bomb Ray, and Brian Adams was known better as Crush, from uh, Demolition and his solo run in WWE and the Nation of Domination. What we talked about last week. The uh, match went about almost fifteen minutes. Chronic uh, actually ended up winning, finally getting their first championship as a duo in WCW. Next match was a 10-minute match between Booker T and Chris Canyon. Uh Chris Canyon had several gimmicks in WCW. Uh ended up uh passing away about, I want to say about 10, maybe 15 years ago. But um, he his gimmick at this time was he had just ripped off Diamond Dallas Page. So he was doing the diamond cutter. He had a put a blonde wig on to walk down to the ring. Uh but Chris Canyon was an excellent worker. You can't, Whatever they did with them, I mean, you can't deny the fact that he put on a good match. And him and Booker T really did their thing. Uh, Booker T at this time was pretty much one of the workhorses, kind of stuck in the bottom, looking at that ceiling, trying to bust through it. Couldn't do it. Until, obviously, later down the line of this very pay-per-view. So the next match was for the United States Championship. Uh, between Mike Awesome who for, uh recently jumped ship from ECW to come get that big old check in WCW and he wrestled uh Scott Steiner. Uh, Scott Steiner was just qualified. Uh you know Scott Steiner didn't really follow the rules back then. He was the the freak. Didn't care. Just a big guy that just came to mess stuff up. That was uh that was his thing. Wasn't really a long match, but uh scott's uh actually the belt was still up because it, Mike Alstom only won by disqualification all right so the next thing here who um vampiro versus the kiss demon uh I don't know who idea who whose idea it was to ever think of a character called the kiss demon but still was better than vampiro um vampiro man he this is just my opinion. Vampiro, he was never it, man. It was never it. Heard he was horrible a horrible guy to work with. Um seems like a lot of people that in that era, the the art bars, the Eddie Guerreros, Chris Jericho's, they said he was just he was kinda hard to work with. Um I don't know who I can compare it to, but uh yeah, what I was not I was not amused by this match. Um, wasn't entertained. They ended up in the graveyard. Vampiro supposedly lit the Kiss Demon on fire after he put him in a casket. Um, it was it was just it was a poorly done match. Poorly done match. Uh, that's one of the, another way, another reason why WCW was just losing to the WWE at that time. Uh next was a singles match uh, between Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas. Uh Tori Wilson was actually involved with the finish of this match. She act like she was coming after Buff, gave Buff the kiss of death, and here comes Shane Douglas from behind. Uh ended up winning in about eight minutes. Match was for what it was. Um Buff uh, i I enjoyed Buff Bagwell. Even from the even early Marcus Alexander Bagwell, American Mayo Bad uh, Bagwell, all up until that Viagra on the pole and Judy, yo, I he can say all he want, but Vince Russo really really screwed up WCW. It made it non-watchable. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was in the Marine Corps, I went to the Marine Corps in '99, and I was kind of out of the wrestling business because obviously I was overseas being a shot to devil dog um but we we get back to the, the barracks and our duty stations or whatever and we do have we did have times before we had to go back out but none of us was never talking about WCW we would mention the WWF and every now and then catch a raw or catch a pay-per-view but really wasn't into it but still we see why cuz WCW had turned into trash man so Now, here we go to the match that I think was the final nail in the coffin to WCW. Uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, who had just recently returned on a quest to reclaim the WCW Heavyweight Championship, uh, was wrestling then-champion Jeff Jarrett. Um, So let me give you a little bit of Background on this story. So, according to what Eric Bischoff said on 83 Weeks um, with Conrad Thompson, make sure you check that out. That's, it gives you some uh, some good stories from people actually in the business. Oh, and, and Conrad, the mortgage guy. <laughs> Shout out to Conrad, the pie father. Um, what the story was, because this match lasted one minute and 19 seconds. Jeff Jarrett went around the ring for a minute and then laid down. Vince Russo gets to the ring, throws the belt at Hogan and said, here, this is what you wanted. Hulk Hogan grabs the mic and says, it's stuff like this is why this this company's in the bullshit that it's in now. Hulk Hogan walks away at the belt, throws the title and keep moving. From what Eric Bischoff said, Eric Bischoff was waiting backstage. Because this was supposed to be some type of real shoot-style storyline. They get on a plane. Once they touch down, Hogan's phone's going off. Eric Bischoff's phone's going off. And they're like, did you hear what Vince Russo said? Uh, Vince Russo came back out. Because um, in the meantime, Vampiro has made his way back to the ring to finish the match. Then... uh. Sting Druid, similar to what The Undertaker would do when he's gone for a long time, came out. And I don't know if it was actually Sting or somebody with a Sting mask, but they attacked Vampiro, put him in the casket, and that was the end of that. But after that, Vince Russo comes out, cuts the whole, I'm here for the little guys, people like Booker T, people like Jeff Jarrett, and Hulk Hogan's a piece of shit, and you'll never see him again, and... That wasn't part of the deal. So that ended up into legal battles with Hogan and WCW and the rest is history there. But man, in my opinion, I I, even, I wouldn't even try to risk. Like I was saying before uh, this random phone call came through, I wouldn't have tried to risk that. Uh it just, it, it just in, in my in my eyes, it wouldn't seem best for business. If it was really a beef like that, I would have uh, did the match, gave the fans what they wanted, and found a way to swerve afterwards. I mean, that was what the agreement were was. Did uh, Russo just think it was time for Hogan and and Hall and Nash and Luger and all those guys to get lost? Or I guess we'll never know because. Everything else Vince Russo has put on has pretty much been trash. Um the early days of TNA. Get the GWN network if you want to see that stuff. But um uh, Yeah, man. And that kind of brings me up to recently. Um, you know, bound for Glory just happened. Austin Aries and uh John Morrison. I don't know if it's if it's real beef or it was storyline beef, but it was a tweet that went out. Um by John Morrison just saying something like he's short and Austin Aries decided to take it another level called this man's wife pretty much fat, chubby Uh, It kind of took it out of context and that's something that right now in this world it's not really um, applauded to say the least so moving to Saturday night Abyss was being inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame, he was actually the first TNA original to actually get that award. Uh, shout out to Abyss for all the years of blood, sweat, and tears that you gave uh, to us here wrestling fans. Really appreciate that. But at the end of this here Hall of Fame ceremony, they... it. Uh, you know, it kind of looked like Khabib and McGregor, uh, a, a shoot fight, but everything is wrestling nowadays, so you really can't tell it apart. So it gets worse. Main event. Pay-per-view. Second second or third pay-per-view since Don Callis and Scott Diamoris took over. And John Morrison wins with the starship pain, uh, the little springboard aerial that he hits, and S- Austin Aries gets up. Right, right out one, two, three. He gets up, walks out the ring, flicks off Dine Dine Callis, and leaves. I guess his contract was up anyway, so he didn't care. Um, but then again, like like I said with with this bash at the beach 2000, how the way that went down. Um, you can't do that, man. For the business, you got to think about other than yourself and how how you feel. And, I mean, Austin had just recently left WWE kind of the, on the same terms. Like, I guess he felt underappreciated. I mean, but you, you get what you put out. You get what you put out. Not And not saying you haven't been doing good matches, but you get what you put out. And and with that, I mean, if if I was a promoter, would I want him to... Be my champion, much less be in my promotion? Probably not. You got to do better, man. You, you've been around the game too long. You got to do better, fam. All right, moving back to the past of the beach here. Now, what was supposed to be the last match of the night was Bill Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. Uh, if Kevin Nash wins, he was able to save Scott Hall's contract, save his job. Goldberg wins, he will rip the contract right up in his face. On the way to the ring, uh, Kevin Nasty, Scott Steiner, says, Yo, I need you. You got my back? He's like, this is, this is big. This is Scott's career. And Scott Steiner's like, Well, it looks like he's getting topped off over in the corner. He said, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll be out there. So the match goes on. Um, now this match, probably due to time constraints and the new world championship match at the end of the show, um, barely got six minutes. Um, it was a, a hard-hitting, intense match for those six minutes. What happened was Scott Steiner turned on Kevin Nash. Ended up hitting him with the lead pipe. Goldberg speared him. Jackhammer, one, two, three. So the show was supposed to end that way with Scott Hall's contract being tore up. Kevin Nash looking distraught because he couldn't help his friend out. And we go home to Monday night, Nitro the next night. But that wasn't the case, so it looked kind of weird how the match ended and then how fast they had to move on because now we have a world championship match where Double J Jeff Jarrett, Mr. Slap Nuts himself, versus Booker T. Um, it was a good match. It was a good match. Out of all the stuff we saw throughout this whole night, it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, and something that happened that hadn't happened for eight years prior, um, African American champion was crowned. Booker T actually won his first WCW championship, uh, because indirectly because of Hulk Hogan. Um, so the show went off there. Booker T's holding the championship high and that was it. So, like I said, man, this was, this was hot garbage. Hot garbage. This was my actually first first time actually watching the whole pay-per-view through. Uh, I had never gave it the time of day. I knew what had happened from the Rise and Fall of WCW DVD that I bought years and years ago. But I could have sat there and did something else. I could have did something like watch 205 Live. For example, Drew Gulak and uh, Akira Tozawa are actually in the ring right now putting on a strong performance. Wednesday night is, is the night if you want to see pure wrestling. SmackDown, is Tuesday and Wednesdays I would say, when, when it comes to WWE. If you want to see some wrestling, watching some SmackDown, Wednesday, get on the WWE Network, watch uh, the UK, WWE, NXT UK. Uh, their first episode was this week. Dope matches, dope matches all the way through. The main event was uh, Pete Dunne versus Noam Dar for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Uh, Pete Dunn actually retained. Pete Dunn right now is the longest reigning champion in WWE. His title reign is well over 500 days. Um, i like to see who's going to take uh, the belt out of his mouth, as Vic Joseph said uh, as the show was closing. But um, I want to take a quick break to shout out my people. Uh, but when I come back, I'm going to do something different. Um, I've been very active on Twitter here lately uh my my follower count is 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 jumping up and i appreciate each and every one of you if you're following me at v underscore the underscore d j that's the same for instagram and snapchat d j v dot seven five seven but um i'm gonna go on my mentions i'm gonna read some um some discussions some things that i had uh with a couple of fellow wrestling fans like myself and uh after this little quick break, I'll I'll jump right into it. So my boss came up to me the other day. He's like, hey, Vince. I was like, what's up? He said, hey, I uh, think we're gonna start a kickball team here. It uh wanted to see if you wanted to play. I said, sure. I'm an athletic individual. I can get down. They said, okay told me some of the other people that's down to play they said all right one thing we're gonna need some t-shirts do you know anybody i said i sure do Uh, i know my man chris here at beach imprints uh beach imprints can screen print anything you need from t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts hoodies anything you can think of beach imprints can hold you down uh also excellent work for more information, you can always email them at beachimprints@outlook.com. That's B-E-A-C-H-I-M-P-R-I-N-T-S at outlook.com. Or call them at 757-303-7178. That's 757-303-7178. also want to give a shout out to my man, Mose McFly, uh, for doing, doing this thing, putting his foot inside of that beat soup. To make the intro with the of friends podcast uh, My man Mos actually got some things coming up uh, He has a show here November 2nd um, At Walsh's Tavern He'll be doing his, uh, his whole thing He's probably going to bring out that NPC Make some beats live And get on the uh, mic and uh, and shut it down uh, That is November 2nd That is a Friday Uh Starts at 1030 Walsh's Tavern is actually located At 63 Old York Road In Warminster, Pennsylvania 81974 So if you're out in that area I don't know Philadelphia, Pittsburgh if, if any of those places are close to you Go ahead and check my man out Mos McFly On November 2nd And to follow Mos McFly You can catch him on Instagram and Twitter At M-O-S-M-C F L Y Y, that's M O S M C F L Y Y for most McFly. But let's go ahead and jump back into uh, the rest of this episode. All right, so let me get on this Twitter machine here, see what I got. Uh shout out to Emilio Sparks too in uh in the Wrestle Rap Podcast. Uh last week they had a hot takes episode. Uh they played one of my um not really a hot take, it was one of my questions. Uh my question was Once the Elite figure out what they're gonna do here January first, you know, when cuffing season goes on, um, who do you think is gonna be able to fill that void on the independent scene? Um Amelia was like, let's let's keep it honest. They're not they're not in indie stars. They're not in involved. They're not in a uh, WSW. They're not really doing progress and things like that. But um, there's a lot of guys out there. Joey Janela. I think he can hold the fort down. He's very entertaining. I don't know if you uh, caught him at all in. If not, just YouTube Joey Janela, the bad boy Joey Janela. Uh, he had a match with Leo Rush before Leo Rush came to WWE that blew the internet up. Um who's some other guys out there? Pentagon Junior, Ray Phoenix, uh all those PWG heads, you know. They might be able to uh pull in now. I don't know if they'll be able to do the merchandise numbers like like Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh Adam Page. But I think I think the indie scene won't completely die out. It'll definitely be a hit. But um uh, I don't think it'll it'll completely go away. All right, so let's go to this here profile of mine. All right. So, um, I was talking to this one individual. Let me find it here. Uh, Oh, I must be popping, man. I'm over here uh, catching, catching a lot of ats. (laughs) You feel what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of ads, man. A lot of likes. A lot of, oh, I'm popping. Who's popping? He's popping. All right, oh, shout out to my man, too. uh, We want wrestling. Follow him on Twitter at W-E-W-A-N-T-W-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. Cool, dude. I think me and him have uh, similar outlooks here on this wrestling life. He told me that, uh, to calm down on one cat cuz um I just wanted him to explain me some things. I didn't I didn't get where they were coming from. I was trying to really tie down what he was saying. All right, this guy's name was um Omega Luke. Um pretty much our whole conversation was All right, I think I found it here. Um So, Homeboy was like, is the only thing WWE can do with Finn Balor right now is the Mixed Match Challenge. So, I saw this, and this was during the uh, no-cigarette break, so I had plenty of time. (laughs) I was like, can you elaborate on this more? What can he do on a two-hour show when you already have people like Shinsuke Nakamura and Shelton Benjamin on the bench and catering most weeks? So, he replied, I put him straight in a feud with Nakamura, give him the U.S. title, and then feud with him in Almas until Christmas with it, which I I would enjoy. I definitely would enjoy that. I would like to see a little bit more of the mid card uh, actually used. You know, SmackDown, unlike Raw, each title has a different storyline to it. Like, there's a different storyline for the World Championship. There's a different storyline to play out with the Tag Team Championships. There's a different storyline to play out with the United States Championship, even though that's kind of getting the short end of the stick. And there's a lot going on with the Women's Championship. Raw right now has Monday uh, has the Universal Championship on Roman Reigns, has the Intercontinental Championship on Seth Rollins, and then had the Tag Team Championships on Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. And they're all in one program together. And you got 10 to 12 guys sitting there really wrestling because, what, uh, they really have nothing to go after. So, But back to this, so, to his reply to that, I say, I ask you again, it's a two-hour show. While all that sounds great, there's just not enough time on Tuesday. Let Finn stay healthy and sell merchandise. His time is coming. The reason I say that is because we tend to forget how wrestling was... 20 years ago guys really weren't getting into their prime till late 30s early 40s now granted the style has changed but you got cats like AJ Styles who's knocking on on 40s door if he's not 40 already putting on four-star matches 85% of the time so you got to let things build Finn Finn was the originator of the bullet club He's the reason why people are too sweet right now Reason why people are buying the T-shirts to an extent. Now, when Finn, Tamatanga, Carl Anderson, and Bad Luck Folly made the faction, it, it was a it was a a small group, but they had their one goal. Similar to what the uh, Bullet Club OGs are doing now, the firing squad. But he wasn't. It it wasn't like Finn was super super top guy. He was getting a lot of buzz. he was a junior heavyweight champ, champion uh, several times and definitely was a great character in New Japan but Finn didn't get that superstar status until he came to the WWE if we're keeping it above. so his time his, he had he, he, you got to give him time. they gave him the universal title uh, it was good, but then again I think it was too quick. he had just came on the main roster from NXT. And before you know it, he was a universal champion. The fans were definitely behind him i was I am too I'm included, but I just don't want him to be pushed into a picture that where he's not the he's not the main focus right now. We all know the main focus is 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 my guy the big dog Roman reigns so um he replies uh doesn't matter how long the show is." He hasn't been used for anything substantial since Bray Wyatt. On SmackDown, there are less big names, which is a lie. Because Shelton Benjamin, in my opinion, is a big name. Shinsuke Nakamura, in my opinion, is a big name. Uh, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, new, newly Rey Mysterio. There's so many guys on the SmackDown roster that can't really get a chance to shine. Rusev. You see what I'm saying? Like, There's a lot of people there that don't get that, uh, that opportunity. And he says, i just i just uh I just think, stick him on there, give him a run with the U.S. then A.J eventually drops the belt. You can do the club and then feud against each other because of the bullet club history. That's close to a year of booking. He deserves that. All right, so, hmm I'm gonna have to think I'm thinking about that." I think that would be cool and all, but we know the Bullet Club can't last forever. It had a four-year run in New Japan. And if anything, if it was up to me, I would I, I would like to see Finn, AJ, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows together, maybe as a heel faction, just killing everything on whatever show they're on. And then once the new year comes, uh, Vince McMahon has to enlist some saviors to get his company back, i.e., the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes. I think we could see great things with that. I definitely, uh, have the the OGBC and the Elite still battling. Um, that's something I would, I would like to see. It probably never happened, but that's just me. Um, I did mention that to him, and. I figured out the root of the problem at this next one. He said, "Ah, I, 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 I see, I love watching New Japan, and that's why I want them to stay, because I was like, what if they come? He's like, I want them to stay because I'm too afraid of WWE ruining Omega and the Bucks. The tag team division in WWE is awful, and I just don't see how they would fit in. Tag team division in WWE is not awful. SmackDown, for example, has... Arguably number one and number two tag teams in 2017: the New Day and the Usos. Then you got Sheamus and Cesaro, the Bar. We're not even going to talk about the mid-card guys, the lower-card guys that you really don't see on TV, but you see them at live events: Epico and Primo. Um, we just lost the Bludgeon Brothers due to Eric Rowan's injury, but SmackDown tag division was stacked. Rowan, on the other hand, not so much. I can, so I can see that, but there's plenty of. Off Buck, we get Young Bucks versus the New Days. A beef that's been brewing for three years. Money. Then we can get the Battle of the Super The Usos versus the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega can wrestle Seth Rollins off Buck for the Intercontinental Championship. Beat Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Tell me that wouldn't be good wrestling. I don't... I understand. And after reading these tweets and going into them, and no disrespect to them, Matter of fact, uh, check out his podcast, Omega Loop Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, um, and follow him on Twitter at Omega Loop, Omega underscore Loop. But man, y'all don't let this man tell y'all what, what to like or what's cool to like, and y'all agree with all that stuff. Let's, let's keep it 100. One, how many New Japan, mag- New Japan shows do you get in a week? Not many, unless there's a tour going on like the Best of the Super Juniors or the Junior Tag League or the World Tag League or the G1. There's times you do not get active television on TV. Number two, how does New Japan fill their shows? Eight-man tags, ten-man tags, every single night. And then you you get your five or six excellent matches, by the way, but... Let's be real; they're not, they're not really doing anything for for the characters other than just giving them great matches. It's, there's no storyline, there's no build to anything other than the main event, and people continue continuously say, "Well, the, the, the WWE dog, the WWE gives you a show." Granted, it hasn't been the best recently, but still, it's a show. It's something weekly. Would these New Japan talents be able to do the same thing they do the way they, they, the, the way they put their bodies and the, the things they put their bodies through? Would they still be able to do that on a weekly schedule like the WWE? I don't think so. So you always got to put that into play when you come at certain things, the whole New Japan WWE argument. Um, that's kind of why I'm a WWE guy. But, uh, let's do one more real quick because I I went a little too long on one. Um, let's see here. Oh, I got one. Um, I saw this from Revisionist Booking, um, I believe. They also got a podcast, but they're doing a 30-day challenge. I'll just do it in a 30-day question. So, favorite current male wrestler hmm mine I gotta say Cody Rhodes favorite current female wrestler Tony Storm okay favorite wrestler ever dang um my favorite wrestler ever ooh I don't know I don't know I don't know. Mm. Maybe AJ Styles? All right, favorite tag team? The New Day. Uh, favorite faction? The Bullet Club. How did I become a fan? Um, I was randomly watching TV on a Saturday afternoon and came across WCW Pro from uh the MGM um amusement park Universal Studios. All right, favorite promotion? WWE favorite manager Leo Rush favorite commentary team uh, NXT favorite entrance theme edges edge uh on this day i see clearly that's my yeah that's my that's my shot right there favorite match mm that changes from every minute um, Who? Um, my favorite match is a Ring of Honor television match. Cody, uh, not Cody, but uh, AJ Styles and the Young Bucks versus Cedric Alexander, Matt Seidel and ACH. Fire! I think it happened in 2014. Been watching wrestling a lot longer than that, but. That one that seems to come to my head all the time. All right. Favorite old school territory. Jim Crockett Promotions, of course, because I'm from Virginia Beach. Um, Norfolk was flair country. I wish I was of age during that time so I could actually party with the nature boy. Uh, Favorite gimmick. Hmm. Right now, my favorite gimmick's Elias. I can say that. Uh, Most Missed Wrestler, Eddie Guerrero. Favorite face. Uh, It took a long time, but uh, John Cena. Favorite heel. Mizunoro Suzuki. Favorite finisher. One Wing Angel. The one you love to hate, the Miz. Favorite submission: the Oscar lot, the crossface chicken wing. Uh, Marty's girl and Oscar uses it. Uh, most overrated. <laughs> Dog is barking here. Hello. got pumpkins i got yeah. some pumpkins to cut yeah. hold on i'll be right hold on for a second hold on for a second guys all right had to do some uh fatherly slash common law husband things real quick but we back um go quick with this though because uh it's almost bedtime uh so i was at most overrated wrestler i know the internet world would say uh Roman reigns, but I don't believe that most overrated wrestler hmm'm trying to think there's a lot of there's a lot of, not really a lot of people out there that I think are overrated uh twenty seventeen Brock Lesnar that's what I'll say most underrated. Mm, most underrated. See my boy ACH. ACH been killing it and he don't get the shine that I think he deserves. Favorite feud. Uh, it's a toss up between Austin McMahon and bretton and Shine. Dream match. I would love to see I'm going to think of something that could maybe possibly happen. I would love to see Tanahashi versus John Cena, two the two aces of the companies, battling out to see who's the number one. Favorite high flyer, uh, Ricochet. Company you miss, 90, 97 WCW. My popcorn's not burnt. Good job. Popcorn's not burnt. Favorite ring attire. Uh, I got to say, probably the most iconic to me, uh, Brett the Hitman's Hearts uh, ring gear. I'm going to be that for Halloween one of these years. (laughs) Favorite promo. Hard times, Dusty Rhodes. Favorite title belt. Uh, The big gold belt from WCW, then uh, WWE used it up until 2013. That's my favorite one. Alright, feelings on the current state of wrestling. How do I feel about... It? I feel wrestling is... Um, it's getting back to that, to that era. I wouldn't say attitude era, but... Like the... It, like 85 or like 99. Where... Everybody was talking about wrestling. You're starting to see a lot more wrestling merchandise and pop culture... Um I think it ha- it definitely has some things that need to need to be fixed. Um I wish us American fans were more like the Japanese fans. Like we're uh, granted we're paying to do what we want to do at these shows, but at least in Japan, even when they're not getting their guy, because Naito is the guy, and Naito's not the champion of any title. Um and they're still not in an uproar as much as the WWE, the Americanized fans here um, and WWE fans, or I don't know if we would call them fans. But I just wish we gave, gave the talent more respect. We give the respect to NXT talent. Uh, it, it would just make everything better if you stop booing things out the building. They're going to do what they want regardless. You have the option to watch. You have the option not to watch pretty much the choice is yours but that's it for the thirty the thirty day wrestling challenge that i did uh just in thirty questions let me hear yours uh shoot me those things on twitter and instagram at v dot underscore the underscore d j uh snapchat d j v dot seven five seven um i retweeted the post so you could always at me there and uh, let me know how you feel. Uh, but we're about to wrap this weekend up, or wrap this week up, get ready for the weekend. I guess fall is here because uh, the high tomorrow here is 54. So uh, we went from 80-degree weather last week to 50-degree weather this week. Welcome to Virginia. Oh, then it's going to jump up to like 70 on Friday and then drop back down. Uh, that's how the weather is here. Uh, as always, avoid those bookings. You know you can't get out until Monday. Uh, I'm going to continue my quest of nicotine and alcohol-free. Uh, y'all give me some encouraging words on Twitter. I got my uh, my, my beautiful girlfriend here uh, that's being my strong supporter helping me out also. But let me finish watching uh, my good wrestling this week right now. We got Bianca Bel- Belair versus uh, Nikki Cross. Definitely killing it right now. Dang. Bianca Belair is super duper strong. Can't wait to see her on the main roster. But that's it, man. I'll catch up with y'all next week, man. Um, make sure you check the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook uh, to see what I'll be talking about next week. My plan is to WrestleMania 24, but I got to see how uh, my co-hosts, is doing it if he's still available for uh, when I need to record this, but I'll holla at y'all. Peace.